here's a message from Ken Lavica. Uh-oh, red flags now for the top pick of the NFL draft. Trevor Lawrence himself saying that, yeah, football's great, but it's not everything. Uh-oh, this is going to make the football meatballs really angry. And oh yeah, by the way, I'm getting my COVID shot today. Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. Stream the show on the free ESPN app or on your Alexa, Google, or Siri smart speaker. Turn it up! Turn it up! Spin your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. Are you crying? Oh, my Lord. I am sorry, honey. Please don't. Could you get your daddy on the phone? Don't hang up, please. I- From the Anajar and Bean Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. It's your lunch shower on this Thursday. It's COVID-19 vaccination day for your boy, Ken Levicka on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app. And on your smart speaker, hey Alexa, hey Google, hey Siri, play ESPN 106.3. And today we are streaming Facebook Live, Instagram Live. We're in the ESPN West Palm and John Levine Accident Attorney Studios from the Phillips Point Towers, downtown West Palm, right off of the sparkling, the beautiful, the majestic Intracoastal. I'm Ken Levicka. He's Chris Coquel. And if you want to talk to us, we're right here for you. 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. And tweet at the show, at ESPN West Palm. Ken Levicka Live, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Dr. Jim Reardon, 21 years preparing students for jobs in the sports industry. Find out more, fau.edu slash MBA sport. Coquel, the moment has arrived. COVID shot number one for me will be coming up in in minutes now. We're within the hour. Have you until one o'clock here on ESPN 106.3. And I will say I went through a healthy regimen of hydration, of uh, fruits, of vegetables, of uh, physical activity in advance of today's first COVID vaccination shot that will be administered to me by our good friends at Baptist Health South Florida and Dr. Madeline Camejo. And I have that right, Dr. Dr. Camejo. Awesome. Dr. Camejo is in here. Uh, she has seen firsthand the train wreck that is that show, this show, but she is going to make sure that she smooths everything out by uh, the time we get to shot time. Uh, she looks very, very doctorly. That's a good start. It's not like someone <laughs> random has come off the street uh, to administer this shot. So I feel good about that. But Dr. Camejo is the VP uh, and chief pharmacy officer for Baptist Health South Florida. So we're going to talk to her and pick her brain about vaccinations because part of the reason I wanted to do this, get my COVID shot on the air, is because I also wanted people to learn something because... As you know, boy, the internets are a a cesspool. And so uh, I think we needed someone who actually knows what they're talking about here to talk about the COVID-19 vaccinations. And Dr. Camejo is going to set us straight on some things. Uh, Speaking of uh, setting people straight on things, we tried to do that yesterday with Justin Fields uh, and this absurd uh, penchant that we are seeing, that we are having towards him and his work ethic. It went from Dan Orlovsky hearing from people in the know 
that he's the uh, last one in, first one out, that Justin Fields just doesn't have the work ethic, that Chris Mortensen has talked with people that think that his arm mechanics are struggling because he plays baseball, even though he hasn't really played baseball in two or three years. Just weird things that are sinking Justin Fields' draft stock as we sit now two weeks ahead of the NFL draft, exactly two weeks ahead of the first round of the NFL draft. But now Trevor Lawrence has himself volunteered his own work ethic conversation that has the football world a tizzy, that has the talking heads absolutely besides themselves. How could the number one overall pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars soon to be say these inexplicable things that spit in the face of conventional football wisdom and conventional football thought? This Coquel yesterday from Sports Illustrated. It's hard to explain that because we're talking with Trevor Lawrence here, how inexplicable this this is, and because he's the number one overall pick, people are going to freak out. But here's the Trevor Lawrence quote from Sports Illustrated. Quote, it's hard to explain that because I want people to know that I'm passionate about what I do, and it's really important to me. But I don't have this huge chip on my shoulder that everybody's out to get me, and I'm trying to prove everybody wrong. I just don't have that. I can't manufacture that. I don't want to. And I think people mistake that for being a competitor. I think that's unhealthy to a certain extent. Just always thinking that you've got to prove somebody wrong, that you've got to do more, that you've got to be better. That's Trevor Lawrence, your upcoming number one overall pick, saying that, hey, I don't have a chip on my shoulder. I don't have anything to prove. You, Coquel, you are my resident football meatball. Okay, you're the one where uh, if if there's grunting involved and there's hitting involved and uh, there's uh, just masculine gnashing of teeth, I I go to you. That's where you come in. You hear Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick, a man that a franchise, the Jacksonville Jaguars, are putting all of their eggs in the singular long-haired Trevor Lawrence basket. You think what? I think that there's absolutely nothing wrong with what he said. I don't think the Jaguars care. I think people need to get over this old-school era of athletes only caring about the sport and living and dying with the sport. Athletes now have other interests. Athletes now have other things they're going to do marketing-wise. It's the same thing when guys film a commercial and they get told, why aren't you in the playbook? You know what I mean? It's that same mindset. It's just not there. The way we coach even at the high school level is different. There is no more do-as-I-say because I say so, it's do as I say, because look, this will work out best for you, and this is the best the best way to go about it. So I just think there's a whole mentality change, and oddly, I think coaches have caught up to it. I don't think fans have. But this is where I want to ask fans out there, and it's not necessarily Jaguars fans, but this is a question about the number one pick in the NFL draft. When you hear Trevor Lawrence say things like, I don't have this huge chip on my shoulder, that everyone's out to get me, and that I'm trying to prove everybody wrong. I don't have that. I can't manufacture that. I don't want to. There is more in life than playing football. You hear that. Does that lessen your thought? Does that diminish what you think about Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick upcoming in the NFL draft? 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. Trevor Lawrence doesn't have a chip on his shoulder, he says. He says he has nothing to prove. He doesn't need to prove anybody wrong. He has a life outside of football. Football is great. He's passionate about it, but he has other things. But does this 
does this violate your football sensibilities? 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. This is my thing, though. Like, Why would he have a chip on his shoulder? He's been the darling of football since he was in high school. He got beaten up by Justin Fields in the college football playoff semifinals. Clemson got beaten up by Justin Fields. And he said, by the way, Trevor Lawrence said that, hey, I realized there was nothing more I could do in that game. I think that there are a number of Clemson fans that would probably argue that. I think there are a number of evaluators who would argue that. But if you were told, so say your radio career went a little differently. Like, you fought hard. Oh, boy, my radio career has not even uh, come close to amounting what I thought it was going to be at this point. But my my, my point is, like, you fought hard to get Ken Levick alive. Like, I'm in the other spot where I just jumped in and said, sure, I'll go for the ride. It's a little bit easier for me because I'm just following. You had to fight for it, right? Trevor Lawrence has been the darling since he was 15. So everyone's been telling him he's great. Everyone's been telling him it's not his fault. You see coaches cater to kids that are the high prospects all the time that I don't think he thinks there is a chip on his shoulder. I don't think he thinks he did anything wrong. I think to him he's the perfect quarterback, and almost it's not his fault because why wouldn't he? He's been told he's the perfect quarterback probably since he was going to football camps when he was 11. You have a number one overall pick saying, I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I don't have a chip on my shoulder, but then you juxtapose that against uh, the common football competitor, and they're in the playbook all the time. Tom Brady is constantly demanding excellence from everybody around him, whereas Trevor Lawrence, you hear those quotes, and my mental picture goes to, hey, a dude just hanging out in some Crocs on the beach and sipping on a lemonade. Look at Tom Brady's path. It wasn't Trevor Lawrence's path. Tom Brady wasn't the top high school recruit. Tom Brady was, he split time with Drew Henson. He wasn't even the starter. You know what I mean? Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round. No one even knew who really cared if they were going to draft Tom Brady. Tom Brady looked like a, shl- a schlub running the 40. Is this a red flag for Trevor Lawrence? 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. And uh, you'd be in some pretty comfortable company. Uh, if you think this is a red flag, if you think to yourself, wait, I don't know if this guy is the competitor that I thought he was. Uh, he might be an elite talent, but can that carry? Because Lewis Riddick, the great Lewis Riddick, who you hear every Monday night, Monday Night Football on ESPN, he was on Get Up this morning, and Coquel, he sounds pretty concerned about Trevor Lawrence. Well, yes, he does, Ken. He yeah. does sound concerned, and you can listen That's to that. That's what we get for trying to do right? anything smoothly on this show. <laughs> Let me try this again. Lewis Riddick seems concerned about Trevor Lawrence. I, I'll be honest. It, it took me aback a little bit because, look, I don't know Trevor Lawrence. I've never talked to him, and, and quite honestly, I've never been around him. So all we know is what everyone else has told us about you know, his being a can't-miss prospect and his being one of the best prospects of the past 30 years, and he's can't-miss, and this is why Urban Meyer came out of retirement because he had a can't-miss prospect here. Well, I just know this. I know this, two things about the NFL, okay? There are quarterbacks that are just maniacal in terms of their preparation and their commitment to the game, and and they do want to win at all costs. Quite honestly, the guy who we consider the GOAT, Tom Brady, he has said, if you are not willing to commit yourself in the way that I'm willing to commit yourself, then you're probably going to have a problem matching up with him over time, you know, to paraphrase. You're probably going to have a little bit, be it some kind of deficit at some point in time in a football game against him because he's someone who is maniacal in terms of making sure that he has all the answers and he is prepared as much as possible and he will do whatever it takes in order to win football games. And winning at the NFL level 
is hard, man. Playing quarterback at the NFL level is hard. Steve Young used to say it all the time to me on Monday Night Countdown. It's about the details. It's about the preparation. It's about the commitment. And you better be committed on that level. And the last thing I'll just say is this real quick. Remember now, people were questioning Justin Fields. People were questioning Justin Fields, and he hadn't said a word. People were questioning just how committed he was and whether he was going to be one of those guys who's going to put in the time to be great. If Justin Fields had said this kind of thing, what do you think we'd be talking about here this morning? So I'm just going to put that out there, and I'm not questioning Trevor Lawrence. I'm just saying, though. That seems like Lewis Riddick. Again, Lewis Riddick, who I consider a very, very smart guy, a guy who should be an NFL GM. Uh, if Lewis Riddick is concerned about Trevor Lawrence after hearing those things, I mean, shouldn't a simpleton like me be concerned about it? No, because who knows what mood Trevor Lawrence was in when he was talking to said reporter. Well, obviously mellow. But the, what, and, the, and there's something wrong with that? He's like, young, how old is he, 21? Hey, 22? If he's I'm, a young kid, he's in an interview, and he's calm because he's been in the national spotlight forever, and he doesn't feel like he has to audition right now. Maybe he just doesn't want to go to Jacksonville and said, let me say this so they won't pick me. <laughs> um, but it, you, you hear the criticism about Justin Fields' work ethic. Like, does Trevor Lawrence now deserve the same sort of criticism? Is this a red flag? This is the number one overall pick in the draft. Now, have we heard about his work ethic or just that he said he doesn't really just love all football? I don't know. Uh, Lewis Riddick ended up making the connection between the two. He brought up the term work ethic. He said if, if, if Justin Fields had said something like this and we've been questioning his work ethic, then we'd be going off on Justin Fields today. So I think that this suggests that it, this, this may be concerning towards a work ethic conversation. But that's a whole other conversation. Justin Fields would be treated differently if he said that. You know, Justin Fields looks differently than Trevor Lawrence. There's, Black quarterbacks are treated differently in the Maybe NFL. there's something to that, but it definitely seems like a double standard. It absolutely seems like a double standard. But again, you're talking about the number one pick in the draft. Are we... Are we at a red flag time now? I mean, he openly said it. He told this to Sports Illustrated, Coquel. These are his words. These aren't uh, unnamed sources. These aren't anonymous people in the know, as Dan Orlovsky likes to use. This is this is from the man himself. Yeah, but you're again with <laughs> you and your buddy Lewis Riddick. That's right, you two hanging out together. Boy, would that what, be great? What you guys are doing though is you're taking him saying one thing and turning it to him not working hard. Have we ever watched a Clemson game where he didn't look prepared? No, I thought he looked fairly prepared. You know what I mean? Like, we've watched games where quarterbacks look like they have, like Sam Darnold seeing ghosts against the Patriots. Everyone was like, all right, he wasn't up to speed on things. We've never seen that from him. Was Trevor Lawrence as good last year, though, as he was his freshman year? Was there a diminished Trevor Lawrence? Because I'd say the answer is yes. I'd have to look at all the weapons around him. I think those changed a little bit, too. I know he had Etienne still, but I think some of the other weapons. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some of the other weapons weren't as good. Good thing we have a doctor here. I almost just died on air. You, you just stared at me. Absolute mess. Help. You are an absolute mess, uh, phlegm boy. 888 Fly flu. I don't know what that was. Oh, that's even worse then. 888-760-ESPN. Uh, so are we concerned about Trevor Lawrence? Is there a concern to be had about Trevor Lawrence? Because, again, this is the guy. He's going number one. He's going to be stepping to the podium in Cleveland as the top overall pick for Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jaguars are pinning their hopes, not this season, not next season, but for the next 10 years on this guy. So we can give Justin Fields all sort of all sorts of hell. These anonymous people can question his work ethic and says he doesn't spend enough time in the facility uh, but Trevor Lawrence just openly said, hey, I got I got other things outside of football. 
isn't the end-all, be-all. Everything, hey, I love it. I'm passionate about it. But, hey, I can't get too hard on myself, right? Trevor Lawrence falls to six. You're the Dolphins. What are you doing? <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> and you love Tua. I love Tua. So like, but... come on. What are we doing? This is us saying, hey, the NFL draft is in two weeks, and the NBA is in midseason mode, and baseball just started, and we think hockey's going on. Like, this is what Lewis Riddick is doing. This is what we're doing. And I love, trust me, we could talk about draft and people's work ethics and body language. I'm here for it. In all honesty, every day. But but have we ever heard uh, a potential number one pick say something like Josh that? Josh Rosen. Yeah, and that didn't go particularly no. <laughs> well at all. Who's now on his fourth team? What team is he on? Uh, I believe he's with the Niners now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he was on the Niners practice squad. Right. Uh, the Niners, who by the way are in the market for another franchise quarterback. By the way, uh, they'll 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 be selecting. It's bold. I mean, it's bold on Trevor Lawrence's part, and I suppose there's a modicum of respect that you pay to him for being him like he could have easily said uh all this coach speak all of this hey i go in there i want to be first one in last one out i want people to look up to me i want to be the leader uh i want to work as hard as i can and make sure that all of my resources are being spent to make the jacksonville jaguars a perennial contender and instead he said i don't need to prove anything i don't really have a chip on my shoulder i'm a guy i'm hanging out I'm, I, he, you know what he is? He, he is acting and he is saying what he looks like. Like Trevor Lawrence, if there was one quarterback prospect ever who would say these things, Trevor Lawrence would be that because of his physical appearance. But <laughs> that's very true. What, <laughs> what do we want him to be? Because we ripped uh, that- for a franchise cornerstone, but a we, guy who wants to win. Derek Jeter was a franchise cornerstone. Derek Jeter was a guy who wanted to win, and he won championships. And when Derek Jeter would talk, what did we complain about? He doesn't say anything. He's all cliches. He's boring. We don't get any answers. Do we even know who Derek Jeter really is? So do we want the athlete to be honest or do we want clicheville? Because we can have either one. Any person can go up there and say cliches all the time. I respect the honesty. How about Trevor Lawrence's dad? Quote, he's not award-driven. He's not. I want to win a Super Bowl at all costs. He's not award-driven. He's not. I want to win a Super Bowl at all costs. Trevor Lawrence's father also putting up a red flag for his son as well. If I'm a Jaguars fan, all I'm saying... He said he wants to win a Super Bowl at all costs. No, 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 no. He said, I'm not... Here, let me reread it. He's not award-driven. He's not... I want to win a Super Bowl at all costs. Okay, so you paused at a weird spot. You made it sound like you were saying he's not... All right. My first go-around at that was a little rough. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, that's... He should want to win a Super Bowl at all costs. Yeah, see, so does does that concern you a little bit more, his dad's quotes, more than what Trevor Lawrence said? And do you think Trevor Lawrence is like, Dad, I'll handle this, okay? I mean, as a Jets fan, he could have been like, I like crack, and I'd still say, I hope he falls to two and the Jets take him. He's so good. Well, that's because, yeah, your uh, your, your football expectations have been lowered, I mean, to the point of being underground. Um, but I just... It's bold. It's definitely bold on Trevor Lawrence's part. And, hey, I am I am all for pointing out fake hustle. I don't like the coaches that spend three straight days at the football facility because uh, they're trying to prove that they're working harder than everybody else. You can easily sit somewhere, but then you're not doing anything. You need to maximize your time. You need to maximize your productivity. But when you have a first-round pick that is saying, I have nothing to prove, I don't have a chip on the shoulder, and hey, I'm going to go play, and we'll see what happens. And then your dad's saying, oh, he's, he's, he's not it. I'm going to win a Super Bowl at all costs. Like That's sort of the name of the game, though, right? Like That's sort of the – when you're the number one pick, that's sort of the name of the game because there's a lot of people depending on you for what eventually is going to be, you would think, a lot of money. If your daughters were playing in the WNBA 
Would you want them to be win at all costs and forget the rest of my life, or would you want them to have a better view of what life is? I'd like them to do things, but also I'd like them to, at some point, be able to buy Daddy a car. <laughs> so all you care about is the contract. Yeah. You're not worried about their mental health or I, how they're doing. I, I just need them to get into free agency, and I don't really know how the WNBA works with that, but I need them to get into free agency because Papa needs a car. See, but, all right, so they're locked into the first one. Trevor Lawrence is getting the money. I mean, he played at Clemson. He probably already got the money. So <laughs> that you know, the little operation on the side over there. So not, money's not an issue here there, Ken. But again, I think as a dad... Me, if I was a dad, maybe it's because I became a dad so late. Uh, like later, I'm 41 now, and I have a nine year old. I think if I had a kid earlier, I'd be like, "You need to win at all costs." We're out there running sprints. Where now I'm like, I just want you to be happy and enjoy your life. You're in and the work sunset hard. of your life, and now you can uh, you I, can accept all of these things. I also realize that some of that stuff is just dumb. The whole again, win at all costs, like that matter. You're fascinating though, because you're a longtime high school football coach. Not very successful, but I was very uh, successful. Every team I've coached has been turned around. Every team made massive growth, had to set winning records that they had. In fact, let's take a look at Olympic Heights, and I'm sorry, Olympic Heights, because I'm going to dog you out right now. Before I got there, they were 0-20, right, uh-huh. the two years? They've been 1-19 since me and Coach Baz left, but whatever. Okay, right, so sorry, you're sorry, the bridge. Uh, I, I love, too, how defensive he gets. He has to throw out his resume all the time every time I bring that up. I mean, I took over Forest Hill. They were 1-99 before uh-huh. I got there. Yeah, they're, they're a perennial powerhouse every year now. What was your best record at Forest Hill? 1-9, but uh-huh. not 1-99. We went 1-9 every <laughs> year, and we were set up to start doing better. When I got there, they didn't even have helmets. You guys judge me. They had youth <laughs> helmets in there. In the, I literally went in there. There were little kid helmets in the in the Like peewee football? Yes. Oh, that's I'm not, not good. Kidding. Or the ones you get out of, like, the quarter machine. <laughs> no, like, literally <laughs> peewee. Like, it was unsafe stuff going on. So I turned that program around, too. Jude Blessed took it a whole nother light. But my record is not bad. Pope John Paul, I went despite what Autry Denson said, I went five and five. The coach right. took over me, and at a at a press conference, he said that we we were zero and ten last year. No, we went five and five for the first time in a decade. Autry, it finally happened. Urgh. It took us nine days for Coquel to start airing his high school football grievances. Trevor Lawrence, are there concerns over? His and sports- I never had a Trevor Lawrence. Oh, sorry, Trevor Lawrence, are there uh, concerns over his Sports Illustrated quotes? That, uh, hey, he's passionate about football, but he doesn't have anything to prove. Uh, he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. And his dad's saying, yeah, he's not a Super Bowl, uh, win a Super Bowl at all costs kind of guy. 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. Ken Levick Alive is brought to you by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Dr. Jim Reardon talked to him yesterday. Man, that guy just knows everything. And that is why so many of his students who get their MBA in sport management at Florida Atlantic go on to their ultimate goal. Goal, and that is a job in the sports industry in a variety of fields. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program signups now for summer semester courses, fall semester courses. You can do them on campus or remote. That's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Don't forget, later on in the show, I am getting my first COVID-19 vaccination shot. Uh, Dr. Madeline Camejo, the VP and Chief Pharmacy Officer of Baptist Health South Florida, she is waiting patiently to put a needle into my arm. And she's probably not the only one, but she's doing it for health purposes. And for that, I appreciate her. So we'll have that COVID-19 vaccination shot uh, later on in the show. We're doing it on air. We're doing it live. We're also streaming today, Facebook Live, Instagram Live as well. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spin your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. 
It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. We almost had a perfect game last night in Chicago, Carlos Rodon, but he ended up hitting someone's foot, and that blew the perfect game. And you know what? I respect the fact that he didn't move his foot, and I'll explain why. Ken Levick alive, featuring Coquel here on ESPN 106.3. Again, uh, I am getting my COVID shot in, uh, we are probably inside of uh 25 minutes now and uh, i am going to have my first of two covid19 vaccines not in the same day just one today i asked if i could get two at one time and they advised me against that i was gonna, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say we should ask about doubling up yeah that's that not uh I, I i've heard that that's bad form but we'll <laughs> actually uh get the confirmation on that from dr madeline camejo again the vp and chief pharmacy officer of baptist health south florida uh she was kind enough to come in and uh and spend time with us. She could be doing so many more important things, and she decided to uh, hang out with us dopes, so well, we appreciate that. I'm just glad you're getting vaccinated because I already had my vaccine shots, and yep. I want to do remotes, and I found out when I asked. I was like, oh, I can go out and do live remotes when we take the radio show on the road. No one wants to see me, so I need you to go. Yeah. So we need you vaccinated so I can go. I'm too. the one holding you back from fulfilling your social responsibilities. No one wants just me, so <laughs> I need you to be able to go. So we got to get this on the road. But speaking of, that does remind me that two weeks from today, two weeks from today, we're going to be at the Palm Beach Kennel Club for night one of the NFL draft. The Paddock Room will be hanging out, myself and Coquel, broadcasting live six to seven, previewing the first round of the NFL draft. And again, we are your home for the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins pick six for now, unless Chris Greer starts shuffling, uh, shuffling around first-round picks again. No, I think Dolphins pick six sounds right. Uh, well done, Jets fan. Uh, you know a lot about that with Sam Darnold. You absolutely do. <laughs> yeah, Panthers. Man, that guy <laughs> in the Panthers there. <laughs> what a joke that guy is. Uh, but uh, So, full uh, disclosure, I'm a huge White Sox fan, and so I'm up way past my bedtime last night, and and it, that's where it's it, it's gotten to, is that anything that starts after like 7 o'clock Eastern time, that's past my bedtime. So I do a lot of, of uh, reviewing in the morning. We'll put it that way. But uh, Carlos Rodon, who is an incredible story, uh, someone who came in third overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft, part of the White Sox rebuild several years ago, uh, underwent shoulder injuries and elbow injuries and Tommy John surgery uh, back in 2018 or 2019. This is only last night, only his sixth appearance period since he came back from Tommy John surgery, only his third start period since he came back from Tommy John surgery, and he brings a perfect game into the ninth inning one out in the ninth inning 25 down and then this happens inside Perez he got hit by it Perez got clipped by the slider wow what a way to end the perfect game bid Jason Benetti on NBC Chicago last night. Uh, Roberto Perez takes the pitch, a slider at 82 miles an hour in the big toe of his right foot, of his back foot, and the perfect game is over. So, Coquel, as you'd imagine at that point, 
I'm just, I'm MFing everybody. I'm trying not to wake up my kids. I'm running down the hallway. I'm furious. I can't believe it. Uh, Rodano had been dominant all night. Nobody had really come close to hitting anything cleanly off of him, and he loses the perfect game on a slider that hits him in the big toe. And it, was that your email? Did that just happen right now, Coquel? No. You are an absolute disaster it today. It, Chris Coquel's email just dinged over the show. We are a train wreck. Well, they said they set an alarm that when you're talking too much baseball, alarms start going off, and that's what they're oh, yeah. like. No one cares about White Sox baseball. That actually came from above. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, I got it, Stephanie Prince. I'm on it. I'll change the subject now. We'll get a shot soon. Oh, you are such a joke, man. Uh, so uh, I was angry, but then I thought a couple of hours later, I'm like, you know what? I kind of respect that because he easily – could have gotten out of the way of the slider. And after the game, Roberto Perez, he he swore that he didn't he didn't do that on purpose. He didn't get a hit on purpose. He didn't even know that there was a perfect game. He thought it was still a no-hitter. So he got a hit, and he didn't think that he ruined anything. But in an eight-run game, eight-nothing, and you're getting dominated, and you're on the wrong side of history, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I'm just petty enough, competitive enough, where I would get hit just to make sure that I didn't go down on the wrong side of history like that. I feel bad to admit it because I wanted Carlos Rodon badly and the White Sox to get that perfect game. But you know what? I would go ahead and get myself hit and blow it up. I don't want to be infamous. I don't want to be on the wrong side of that. I don't want a perfect game pitched against me. Why would anyone try to help their opponent's perfect game? I never understood that. Just like when people bunt for base hits late in a no-hitter. Or a perfect game. Like, go for it. In like, a, it. Your job is to get on. Your job isn't to make the White Sox feel better. Your job is to get on base. I just want to put people in this hypothetical. In a blowout. And in this hypothetical, it's baseball. It's 8 nothing. It's the top of the ninth inning. One out. If someone pitched it even a modicum inside, would you just take it? Would you just take it right in the thigh or take it in the toe like Roberto Perez did, just to make sure that you didn't get a perfect game thrown against you. Come on. I, I welcome your pettiness because I would. I would welcome Wear that. that. Own it. 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. But this has been a mixed bag because I posed this on social media and Ryan D. Pentima uh, tweeted at me, in an eight-run game, absolutely not. You're not doing anything other than ruining someone's personal achievement. Close game is a different story. They didn't achieve anything. What do you mean their personal their personal achievement would be not throwing the ball at my foot? Like, do the right thing, Rodon. At Aiden underscore Maher on Twitter, I slapped a person for cheating in checkers. Is it cheating if you don't move out of the way and take an 80-mile-an-hour off-speed pitch in the, in the toe? So should they get out on purpose just so we, so if someone has a no hitter in the ninth, everybody should just strike out to make them feel better. Like what? What is that? Are you petty enough to just to to put a body part in the way I of an inside it. pitch? You would lean, so you lean would flat it. out lean it. Yeah. You would even just not wear move. Comforto style. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 seven six zero ESPN. I like that you are. Uh, it's it's now named Conforto style. Uh, it it is now got its own name. Michael Conforto hasn't done anything all year for the Mets except now he has a situation, a scenario named after him, Conforto style, where you lean into a pitch in the strike zone and hope the umpire blows it. 
Yeah. That, that's by definition now what Conforto style is. That's 100% what it, <laughs> Why wouldn't you do that, though? I don't. This whole thing with baseball and these unwritten rules, I don't understand any of it. Like, why would I help the opponent? Why am I quitting halfway through? And it's the same person who's mad at them for taking that pitch off the foot is the same one who would be mad if in the third inning he grounded out to short and didn't sprint to the first base as fast as he can. You know, what is what is the right move, though? Because you know baseball is all about traditions, and baseball is all about being prim and proper. We know this with the constant battle with the Hall of Fame. It's why the steroid guys, while they probably should be in, are never going to get in because they violated the principles of baseball. What is more of a violation of the principles of baseball? Playing to get on base, which I suppose not moving out of the way of a slider so it hits your toe, that would be violating a principle of baseball? Or is it not being gentlemanly and keeping a guy from history because you're being petty? What is more What is more of a violation of the principles of baseball? Because I'm not quite sure where to land on that. I just know me, I don't want to be embarrassed. And being on the wrong side of a perfect game is embarrassing. Like, it truly is. And so, I'd get hit by a pitch. Absolutely. Give me a fastball in the ribs. I'm fine with it. I just don't want that perfect game pitched against me. When you're not nine anymore, you should stop worrying about the other team's (laughs) achievements. Uh, this is where your coaching thing comes out. This participation. You, you, where, how do you I feel love about- participation trophies. Oh, no, on. I love them. I do 100%. I'm all for them. I started to give, like, you should see my banquets. I make up awards. I'm like, you are the letter L award. You are the letter R. You're the best guy with a name who starts with an R. You get that. Too. You're the Ricky of the year. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm, why not make kids feel better? I've never understood the fight again. I know it's a whole other show, but I've never understood the fight against partic- participation trophies. Like, you're against kids feeling good about themselves and going home. Like, the parents who throw out their kids' participation <laughs> yeah. trophies, like, get over yourself. Yeah. That's, a, that's a you thing. These aren't little kids. This is the major leagues. You want your perfect game, earn your perfect game. I thought it was supposed to be the pride of baseball and everything has to be so pure. It's not pure if the other guy's getting out on purpose. And isn't that, though, too, like when when that happened to Carlos Rodon last night, he hits a guy in the toe to lose his perfect game. I was like, you know what? I feel Carlos Rodon because there have been so many instances in my my life where I'm so close to greatness and then I just fall epically short and I end up achieving everything absolutely nothing and even in sports because i tighten up in the most pressure-packed moments whether it's whether it is a game of knockout in pe uh where you hit five straight shots you're on fire and they're like oh can you can you win this can you do this can you hit a strict six straight shot and you just brick it and then you lose or even in beer pong beer pong i'll be on a roll back before Beer pong was exiled because of the pandemic, of course. Sorry, doctor. Um, so, uh, uh, not the binge drinking, just the pandemic part. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Binge drinking still happens, doctor. But uh, the, uh, the the beer pong, I've exited that out of my life. I promise. Okay. Um, but beer pong, where you're down to the last cup, you've hit the previous five. Last cup, you're feeling great, and then clink, clink. Then you start missing all over the place. You're so close to greatness. It feels so good, and then you fail and you lose. That. I felt Carlos Rodon last night, I big love, time. I love that your level, Ken Levick's level of greatness, is knockout in PE and beer pong. That's level. <laughs> so, I've, yeah. I've come so close to greatness. Listen to the story right. about knockout uh-huh. when I was nine in PE class, 
and beer pong last week. Bro, you have to take what you can get. And those were my two closest brushes with greatness, okay? <laughs> 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. When we return, we're going to talk with Dr. Madeline Camejo. She is the Vice President, Chief Pharmacy Officer of Baptist Health South Florida. She will be, by shows and administering to me my first COVID-19 vaccine shot live on air here on ESPN 106.3. She's going to answer some vaccine questions. If some of you are on the fence, I think this is pretty important. Even those who have gotten the vaccination shot, I think you want to hear this. And those of you who have said, nope, the vaccination shot's not for me, the COVID-19 vaccine's not for me, you definitely should be listening to Dr. Camejo. Dr. Madeline Camejo, Vice President, Chief Pharmacy Officer, Baptist Health South Florida, and the woman who is going to be sticking a needle into my arm full of COVID-19 vaccine coming up next. Do you think she'll let me do it? <laughs> well, we, we can ask her. I can already tell by her mannerisms, probably not. <laughs> He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken Levick Alive. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken Levicka and Chris Coquel. Oh, the COVID-19 shot is coming before 1 o'clock. It'll be in my 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 right arm or my left arm. So, uh, Dr. Camejo, Dr. Madeline Camejo, she is the VP, Chief Pharmacy Officer of Baptist Health South Florida. I'm hoping that uh, the uh, the shot goes better than the actual uh, mic situation. There we go. Is that You can hear me now? I, I hope so. Awesome. There we go. Much better. And go ahead and turn her up if you could, Coquel. So, uh, right arm or left arm, where is the shot going? It's always going to go in your least dominant arm. Okay, so in my left arm. Perfect. Excellent. Josh, which one is your least dominant arm? <laughs> I mean, Ken, sorry. I got confused there for a second. Hey, produce the show and make sure it sounds okay. All right, Coquel? All right. Um, so, uh, in a couple of minutes, uh, Dr. Madeline Camejo is going to uh, going to be administering this shot. And again, Baptist Health South Florida. And first of all, thank you so much for being here and doing this. Uh, I have to imagine that the last couple of months, and especially the last couple of weeks, have been really, really busy and really crazy. And uh, ever since December, people probably asking you, when can I get my vaccine? How do I get my vaccine? Uh, when is this going to happen? What have the last couple of months been like for, for you especially and everybody at Baptist Health? Well, it's been, uh, it's been rewarding in the sense that we know we're doing something to help uh, bring this pandemic to an end yeah. and making sure everybody gets their shots. But it's been, uh, it's been tiring. Um, we, have, we have done over uh, 42,000 wow. uh, folks uh, in, in all our four counties right now. Uh, when did Baptist Health start administering the vaccine? I'll never forget it. It was um, December 15th okay. of 2020. And we've been vaccinating since. So you've been you've been at it for for quite a while then, and you said forty two thousand people have uh, through Baptist Health gotten their COVID nineteen vaccine. Yes. Um, so what from a from a, a a Baptist Health perspective, current criteria who are eligible to receive the vaccine? Because I know that you know statewide now it's sixteen or over to to get the COVID vaccine. What about if someone's going to get it through Baptist Health? Oh, it's the same thing. Same, we, exactly we, we follow the state guidelines. Okay, excellent, excellent. And and uh, so I, that does bring me to this, because this is the most current vaccine 
topic that has come up since uh, Tuesday, and you know what I'm about to ask you about, and that's the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The uh, CDC and the FDA made the decision to pause it because there were adverse effects, blood clots, I believe six cases of, of blood clots with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So pausing it, what does that mean? And uh, moving forward, what's going to happen with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine? And you just in your role, again, as the Chief Pharmacy Officer, Vice President, Baptist Health South Florida, you hear this and you think what? I think this is a good thing because okay. the, it's important if any adverse effects come, you know, the United States really does a good job of monitoring to make sure that all our patients are safe. So this is a good thing. Um, and if you think about it, 6.8 million have gotten the Johnson & Johnson shot. So it's one in a million that this has happened to. So they're going to do a deep dive just to make sure what is causing it, and I think it's an important thing that the the government does that. It's important. So the odds the odds certainly suggest that things are overwhelmingly in your favor. Uh, uh, from a, a vaccine standpoint, I mean, just overall vaccines, because I know we're caught up in the COVID-19 vaccine, but we've all been vaccinated for things, or at least the vast majority of us, immunizations. Does this qualify as one of the safer vaccines in your experience, what you've seen, at least by the numbers so far? Oh, absolutely. I mean, every type of vaccine can give a reaction. It all, it all depends on you and your, and your body. But overall, vaccines save lives. They've eliminated polio. They've eliminated uh, all kinds of childhood diseases. And this is the one tool that we have to really fight the pandemic. Uh, again, here with Dr. Madeline Camejo, and she told me to call her Madeline, but I can't. She's she Kokel, She's so much more important than I am, and she's so official. I can't just call her Madeline. I'm not doing that. No, no, sir. No, 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 sir. Because it just makes me feel uncomfortable, you know. Uh, Dr. Madeline Camejo, VP Chief Pharmacy Officer, Baptist Health South Florida. Kokel, what um, what type of vaccine did did you get? I got the Moderna. Okay, I'm getting the the Pfizer shot. So, um. Is there a preference, uh, you know, weighing the options, the pros and the cons of both? Is one better than the other? Is one superior or inferior? Uh, what do you tell patients who ask you? All the vaccines are good. Okay. The important thing is to get vaccinated. Um, they're not one any different than the other. The, the only difference among all the vaccines is how they were made. They're made a little bit different with different technologies, whereas Moderna and uh, Pfizer have an mRNA technology, which which gives you messenger DNA, not DNA, RNA, so that you can actually, uh, your body produces the antigens to fight COVID. Um, every one of them is differently made. J&J uh, is made differently as well. But overall, it's the most important thing is the vaccine really does help save you against COVID. Now, the whole thing with being vaccinated isn't just so much to not get it, right? So say I somehow still got covid would it would protect me from being a case where the effects are so much worse isn't that part of it or am i misunderstood no you're you're correct the biggest thing too is even if you have covid we don't know how long natural immunity lasts mm -hmm. whereas the vaccine we know it has uh so far six months they're still studying it but it has a longer uh protection okay. with the vaccine uh, so some of the, the common things that I've seen for those who don't believe in the vaccine, um, are, are frightened of the COVID-19 vaccine, is side effects. Um, uh, another thing I've seen is that because the mRNA technology you talk about, um, DNA would be changing, things can be altered, it can mess up your body, things along those lines. Uh, for anybody that is concerned about uh, the COVID-19 vaccine or people that are reading things and just saying, this isn't for me, what would you tell them? Well, I think you have to look 
at, you know, the risk, the risk of getting COVID. Not everyone, when they get COVID, is going to be okay. We we end up having uh, in our ICUs in the beginning was a lot of elderly people. Now now that most of our elderly have been vaccinated, what do you think we're seeing in our hospitals and in our ICU is the 20 to 40-year-olds. And we're seeing a lot of that, a lot of those people die as well. So you just, you're playing almost Russian roulette, you know, whether you have a vaccine that only gives you a few adverse uh, reactions, which is a headache for 24 hours, maybe a little fever, Mm -hmm. you know, you may not feel good. You may feel like you have the flu or end up in an ICU really sick because of COVID. Um, So... You know, right now within this studio, we're six feet away from one another. Once we administer the vaccine to me, we'll be masked. Once I get both vaccine shots, do I have to still follow those protocols? Can I be around people without the mask? How is that going to to work? So what I would say is always follow CDC guidelines. And the CDC says once you're vaccinated, you can be with a small group of people who are vaccinated without a mask. But once you go out in the out in the you know public you don't know who's vaccinated so you always want to wear your mask when you go out okay but okay. as long as you're within your family you know your whole family and have been vaccinated you don't need to wear a mask awesome now doctor i had my mother gave me doctor's advice because you know mothers know best um about how to get rid of side effects and i don't know if she just made it up but are, is, is there anything you can do to kind <laughs> of prevent things because she told me to drink six bottles of water and then a tylenol extra strength once every six hours for 24 hours. She was just messing hours. with you, man. I don't know, but I, I listen, mommy says it, Coquel <laughs> does it. So is there anything that people can do to try to lower the side effects? Oh, absolutely. You know, hydration is really good. It's important to hydrate. So I see that uh, Ken here has been drinking a lot of oh, Gatorade. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I have to pee um, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, Tylenol, you manage the side effects with Tylenol. If you have fever or chills or body aches, you know, just, it's regular stuff. It really is not as bad as people think it is. Um, what recommendations would you have for the effort to stop spread? I know that I think there's a tendency to, uh, oh, we're getting vaccinated now, and so many people have gotten vaccinated. Everything's good. No problems whatsoever. Like, this is just going to go away. But that's not sort of how things are playing out right now, right? No, because there's still so many people sitting on the sidelines yeah. and not getting vaccinated. And, um I think it's important for the community to do their part. They need to they need to jump in, get the vaccine as much as they can. I know it's um, sometimes difficult trying to get appointments, but hang in there and get your vaccine because without that, there's no way we're going to continue to spread the disease because people who haven't gotten vaccinated are going to get sick. Um, whereas if you're vaccinated, you you might if you get COVID, you may not get COVID. At, you know, where you end up in our hospitals. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, real quick, if people want to go through Baptist Health, and that includes Boca Raton Regional Hospital, who I've worked closely with for years uh, with my work with uh, with Florida Atlantic, uh, how can they how can they get information on how to get their COVID vaccine set up? We actually have a website, and we set out appointments the day before so that people can sign up, and they usually get, they usually get in. And, um, it's also with through Boca Regional. We have it through um, Miami and in um, and Monroe County with Mariners. Excellent. BaptistHealth.net. BaptistHealth.net. Start there, and then all of the information is there for you. Uh, and, uh, again, really important stuff here from Dr. Madeline Camejo, VP, Chief Pharmacy Officer of uh, Baptist Health South Florida. When we return the shot, 
will be taking place. Dr. Camejo uh, will be inserting the COVID-19 vaccine. You said non-dominant arm. We're going left arm today. Okay. I will adjust accordingly and I'll do some push-ups and really emphasize that left arm beforehand to make sure that I'm ready to go and to show off to Dr. Camejo how fit I am. He's Gokel. I'm Ken Levick. She's Dr. Camejo on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. I heard there was a rumor shed that COVID vaccines were unprepared or brutal to really censor and control you. All right, Ken Levick alive. The COVID-19 shot is about to happen. Um, JMP, Jeremy Marks Peltz, who you hear, host of ESPN West Palm tonight. Longtime play-by-play voice of the Vision One level. Former Miami Heat studio host. He is being brought in to do play-by-play for this experience. JMP, where does this rank in your career accomplishments? I mean, I've done college football. I've done uh, fill-in NBA work, college basketball, baseball, uh, volleyball back in the day. <laughs> All of that is nothing compared to play-by-play of a live COVID-19 vaccination. That's right. Number one. Uh, So Dr. Camejo said that she brought the smallest needle she could find, and I appreciate that. I'm still going to do the look-away technique. She also said, Coquel, what did she say? I look fit? She said you look fat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's go ahead and get ready to do this. My gigantic built shoulder is out, and uh, it is muscle-borne, and it's ready to get a needle into it. So, Dr. Kameho, when you're ready, they wipe. JMP is happening. He is wiping your left shoulder blade with alcohol. We have about a needle about an inch long. The syringe is an off-white color trimmed in black. The needle has been penetrated into the shoulder. The plunger goes through. (laughs) Ken Levicka is sitting there like he has absolutely no pain. He is raising his right fist, pumping up. It's in. It's in. Ken Levicka has officially gotten his first shot of COVID vaccination. Levicka is halfway through. Pfizer. Pfizer. Immune system. Let's go. Dr. Madeline, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you to Baptist Health South Florida. I want to thank everybody over there. It did, I, I legit didn't feel anything. It's probably because my shoulder is so muscular uh, that I, of course, I wouldn't feel anything, but also a testament to the job you do, Dr. Madeline. So thank you so much. Uh, Baptist Health South Florida, again, much appreciated. The shot is in. I can feel greatness coursing through my body already. One shot of two is in my left arm. want to thank everyone involved tomorrow. We'll talk about it. We'll see how I feel. I'm going to go do some push-ups and let this course through my veins. JMP, good job. That was well done. Congratulations, Ken. Thank you. Appreciate it. For Coquel, I'm Ken Levicka. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Ken Levicka live on ESPN 106.3.